Welcome to the Vineyard Northridge Weekly Sermon Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Dennis Kozloff. For more information about our church, visit our website at vineyardnorthridge.org or find us on social media at Vineyard Northridge. Good morning. Good to see you guys here. I'm so glad you're here because this is the message that uh, it sets hearts free. I, I, I wish more people would be here today because so many people need it. You need it. I need it. Neil needs it. I still need it. You still need it. All right. So people often look deep trying to find something profound and important and awesome in Christian faith. I mean, they kind of get tired of basics. Let me tell you something. In this series, we cover some of the basic foundational things. It is so important to make sure they're all there. They're very few, but they're super important. Getting away from basics actually very often leads later in life that you don't see fruit that you hope to see because you kind of skip the basics. I have a friend of mine. He is a professional uh, uh, classic guitar player. And he said, the best thing that can happen to someone who wants to learn the classic guitar is when, when you get the totally raw material. The guy never touched the guitar. But if somebody had tried to play it on his own, it's super hard to reteach him. Because there are like some very basic things, how they sit and hold the guitar. And it's so weird and strange. How, but that's the way you need to learn to become real, real good at that. Usually people kind of go naturally. So unfortunately, we, we've been formed and shaped in many ways, kind of whatever. As Neil says, whoever gets to us first, that's what we inherit. Theologically, you know, spiritually. That's why it's so good to redress some of those basics. So last time I spoke, I spoke about faith as a basic element that gets you connected to the otherworldly reality, invisible one. Apostle Paul said... Check yourself, examine yourself to see whether you are in the faith. That means you can actually live a day at a time or a week at a time without being in the faith. <laughs> we talked about it last time. So today, <clears throat> I want to talk about a thing that is very basic, very foundational, but it is so important. I'm going to speak, namely, I'm going to speak about your acceptance by God that you have in Christ Jesus. You all heard this, you all supposedly know it, but let me tell you, you don't know it. You know it, but you don't know it. We all need to come to know it. God's full acceptance extended to every person living today. Can I hear an amen to that? God's full acceptance extended to every single person living on this earth today. Even if you don't like him. God's full acceptance is extended to that person in Christ Jesus. <clears throat> God's testimony. And Christians, we are, you and I, we are Christians. We are those who are supposedly received God's testimony about this acceptance. And we are called to live in the full realization of this acceptance. So the sad fact is that majority of Christians, the majority of Christians today, they move through life <clears throat> without having much faith in this foundational fact that they have been fully accepted by God. They live without this knowledge that God is actually happy with them. He's, 
He's in a good mood about you, people. God is happy to see you. That's the outcome of the gospel that we hear. This is the essential part of the true gospel of grace. This is the fundamental fact revealed by God in his gospel. That you have been fully accepted. <clears throat> I don't know how many times will I repeat this today, but I will. I will, I will be like a broken record for you today. I want to like nail that thing into your head so that finally it gets through your head, into your heart, and you will actually start living that thing in your daily walk. All right? So forgive me, I'll be repeating myself a lot today. You have been fully, accept, fully accepted in the beloved. You got 100% of God's fatherly embrace in Christ Jesus. Don't try to add to that. Don't think it's like 98% of God and 2% of you. You're ruining the whole thing. You and I are supposed to rest our faith on this fact, and then it becomes an unshakable foundation upon which we build our whole Christian life. Without this foundation, you and I are, are not going to be able to build anything solid. Anything. <clears throat> if you don't have this foundation, you live in a sad-looking tent, not in a mighty fortress. You're supposed to live in a mighty fortress that can with, withstand any any adversity of the weather, elements, uh, trials of life, warfare, anything, don't live in a tent. It's blown by any gasp of a wind. All right? <clears throat> so here's the, here's the simple test. I mean, it's a dentist, like, you kind of start strong, blah, 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 whatever. Here's a litmus test, very simple litmus test. How much joy is present in your life? And I'm not, I'm not doing this, uh, you know me, I'm not playing a guilt card. I'm not going to send you on a guilt trip. But this is a, this is a test for you to answer to yourself, not, not to me. Don't answer me. Don't answer to yourself. How much is your life is really marked by joy? How much boldness is there? How much courage is there? How much boldness is there to speak boldly to God? How much courage is there and boldness is there to speak boldly to people in the name of God and to say things in the name of God? If you're lacking those, how much assurance is there that God's promises are yes and amen to you personally? If, if those things are lacking in your life, I'm telling you, that's the indicator that you're lacking the understanding, the revelation of what the gospel is. And this entry point into this life of growth and development that we called acceptance in the beloved. Acceptance in the beloved. I don't know, guys. It got so quiet here. I don't know. Am I too harsh with you? No? Are you, are you liking it? Are you receiving it? Okay. All right. All right. Okay. Derek did this. Derek did this. I got the signal. Okay. Here comes the band, Russian Concussion. We came up with this name last time we did the sermon prep team. I said, that's a good cheesy name for some kind of a ska or punk um, music group, Russian Concussion. So listen, I became a Christian in 1992. So somebody do the math for me. <clears throat> listen, I, as soon as I became a Christian, I immediately experienced the reality of God's Spirit in my life. I began to speak in other tongues. I began to... 
to learn immediately how to tap into the Spirit of God talking to someone and the Spirit of God would start flowing through me to other people's life. I began to see, like I was a teenager, 16 years old teenager, and I would see people who would be 60, 50 years old cry like babies when I opened my mouth and let the Spirit of God flow to them. I experienced an amazing thing. God became real immediately. And that can happen to you if you today, if you haven't received Jesus, you receive the testimony of God's goodness given to you in Jesus Christ. God becomes real to you. Promise. Ironclad. But I was on a tremendous and torturous emotional roller coaster. One day I could experience this reality of God flowing through me like a river. And the next day I, I don't know whether God exists. One day I worship in the Holy of Holies in the thick presence of the Lord. And I feel like angels are right there with me. And I'm like, we are worshiping and we're singing holy, holy, holy. And I feel like invincible. I can go and lay my hands and people would get held. Amazing things. And the next day I feel like I'm in the pit of hell. You know why? Because I was missing that point. My full acceptance in Christ Jesus our Lord. And a lot of you are missing this point. You know, I became a Christian in 92. I only began to really grasp this point of how good the God is, how much you are accepted in Him by 2011, almost 20 years later. Shortly after that, I moved to the States, and I met this guy, Neil. And immediately, I mean, the first time we met, I felt like we're friends forever. We've been friends for years. One of the reasons is because he's gone through a very similar experience. He became a Christian very early. He became a minister, Christian minister, a pastor. But only years later, he really began to grasp how good God is and how radical the gospel is and how much he's accepted in the beloved. We could relate to each other. And you know, the tragedy is that there are hundreds of Christians that I know and even ministers they don't get it. They never got this point. Why, why, why is that? Why is that happening? Because of the mixed message. Mixed message. They remember they lump together bleach and ammonia. They lump together grace and grace and law, works and faith. And when you lump it together, guaranteed arrested spiritual development. Always. Because the, the ground, the environment where you begin to really fully grow and develop and bear fruit is pure grace. That's what the New Testament is about. So what is the basis of this acceptance? Why in the world does God accept us fully and unconditionally? When we read things in the Bible that all have sinned and fell short of the glory of God. You know what it means. That means you're not suitable. You're actually not acceptable. In your natural state, you are not acceptable, period. There's nothing in you. Even if you think you'll, you like what you're seeing in yourself, there's nothing in you in your natural Adamic state that is acceptable to God. To people like that, God lives an inapproachable life. You cannot approach Him. What has happened that changed this order of things? 
that changed the reality. You know what happened? The cross of Jesus Christ has happened. Amen. The cross of Jesus Christ has happened. And that's, that's our blessed assurance. That's our unshakable, unmovable point that, upon which we can stand and be firm as the firmer than the universe. I, I'm having a hard time finding a good word to describe this reality. Romans 5, I'm going to read some of the verses. I'm going to read 5, 1 through 11, and I will stress some of the points. I believe some of these verses are on the screen. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. Listen, you have gained access into the grace in which now you stand. And it's not because of you, it's because of Jesus. You see, at just the right time when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly, unsuitable, unfeedable, unacceptable. Christ died for them so that they would become acceptable. And he has done it. He pulled it off. He said, it is finished on the cross. It is finished. It is finished. There is nothing to add to that, people. Dan Moeller, one of my uh, preachers that I really like, one of my favorite preachers, he says, if you don't start where he finished, you ain't going to get far. It is finished, people. It is finished. But God, listen to that. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But listen to that. That's important. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Listen, God demonstrates, demonstrate, not just like let you discover it by accident. He demonstrates. You know what it is? It's PDA, public display of affection. Get a room. Exactly. You know, since we now have been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through Him. We are saved through Him. Nothing else. We had a great song today. For if while we were still enemies, we were enemies, we were not acceptable, we were not, we were crooked. He reconciled. We were reconciled to Him through the death of His Son. How much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through His life? Not only is this so, but we also boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. You're fully, totally, absolutely, irrevocably reconciled to God. Unfortunately, you do not believe it very well. You still have like fits of shame in your life and guilt and guilt trips that take some of you Days and weeks maybe. Oh, I wish we would start believing that thing. And we will. We will. If you keep coming to this church, we'll get it into you. We'll get it into me. We'll get it into Neil. We'll get out of the woods too, totally and finally. Because that's what this world needs. 
He doesn't need depressed Christians. He doesn't need like offended Christians. He doesn't need Christians that bite each other. He needs Christians set free by the radical gospel of Jesus Christ. All right? <clears throat> so the death of Christ on the cross has dealt with all barriers. It destroyed, it obliterated, it eradicated, it exterminated, it shattered, it shredded anything and everything that separated you from him. There is no more distance between you and God. Can I hear an amen? amen. Live like that. <laughs> Start living like that. There's no distance between you and him. All right, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm yelling at you. Dennis, don't yell at people. Okay, Dennis, thank you. Uh, you see, the, the, the <laughs> Ephesians 2 says that the, we've been far and he has brought us near by the blood of Christ. So... <clears throat> that cross, the cross of Christ, is an amazing mystery that we can't fully grasp and understand. The cross of Christ. What has happened on the cross? We see bits and pieces only. We see fraction of a fraction what really happened. But that fraction of a fraction is enough to set you free. Absolutely. The cross is a demonstration, as I already said, of God's love and your value. You know, everybody is striving to be recognized as valuable, isn't it? Isn't it? Isn't that true? Even little kids do that. Beginning from the early age, they, they strive to prove something to somebody that they're valuable, they're significant, they, they value, they matter, their life matters. You know, the cross is, your, uh, is, is a full acknowledgement of your value. God declares it. It's ultimate recognition of your intrinsic value. Listen, you don't have to prove anything to anyone anymore Amen. if you receive the gospel. You don't. You don't need to do it on Facebook. You don't need to do it in person. You just don't care. Just You really need to have this I don't care anointing in your life. <laughs> Seriously. If you would care less for what other people think of you, you would live so much better. And the gospel has this power to set you free to live like that. So why don't you use it? Start, start using it. The cross, <clears throat> listen, I call the cross a weapon of a mass destruction that destroyed everything that separated you from God. I already said it. I'll say it again. I was looking for synonyms because English is not my native language. So I was looking, what can I use to, to describe how much he destroyed everything? And I found this, I love English language, you know, so God is fully in, in unequivocally, radically, totally destroyed anything and everything that constituted a barrier between you and God. He himself has fully, utterly dealt with any distance between you and him. He obliterated all barriers that looked insurmountable. He has placed you in the very heartfelt embrace as his only begotten child. You know why? Because he had only begotten child. His name is Jesus. And he was only begotten. He was unique. No one was like him. But he became firstborn. That means you're the second. I'm the third. Neil is the fourth. The... That's the mystery of the cross. Anything in the... Another thing is that cross right here on this wall that we have in the sanctuary, it's just a symbolic representation of the cross that took place 2,000 years in a specific part of this world, in this specific time in the Middle East, 
right outside of the city of Jerusalem. We call it the cross of Jesus Christ, the cross of Christ. But if you think about it, <clears throat> in a sense, it wasn't Jesus' cross. It was your cross. Nobody could put Jesus to death unless he would be willing to lay his life down. Nobody. They tried several times. They tried to grab him and throw him off the cliff. He said, no, no, my time. What went right through that? Even when he was right before the cross, he said, I can say a word and gazillions of angels would appear and destroy everything and nobody could touch me. I'm doing that willingly. That cross is not mine. That cross is yours, he's saying. Anything and everything crooked in you, anything and everything that, uh, like a guilt, shame, sinfulness, sinful propensities, twistedness, uh, iniquity, lawlessness, anything and everything about you that would disqualify you from being accepted has been placed, your crookedness has been placed on that cross. So that's why Jesus didn't just die on behalf of you. He died as you. You died in him. You died. You're lying and cheating. Slimeball version of you died. It's dead. Your self that is addicted to porn has died. It's dead. Any addiction that you have has died. On the cross of Christ, it's your cross. It's a, it's a weapon of massive, please. Oh, my goodness. Oh, I don't know. I'm, I'm running out of words. Oh, the cross of Jesus is, is an integral part of the gospel. You see, our acceptance by God is based on who God is and what he has done on the cross of Jesus. Just remember that. Just cultivate it in yourself. It has nothing to do with how well you do as a Christian. I don't care how well you do as a Christian. I don't care how much you pray. You're not on probation. You're not just a pardon ex-prisoner that now has to check with your probation officer on the regular basis and you call it a prayer. That's not Christian life. You're not on probation. You're fully accepted. Fully accepted. Fully accepted. I'm a broken record. You're fully accepted. You're fully accepted. You're fully accepted. You're fully, totally, completely, utterly accepted in Christ Jesus. Some of it should sink into you. <laughs> a Christian minister died. <laughs> I know how to shift gears, right? <laughs> a Christian minister died. And he, it happened uh, kind of unexpectedly, so he wasn't ready. He, boom, just, he was doing whatever he was doing, and all of a sudden he, he's in front of the proverbial pearly gates. And he's like, it was so, he was taken aback so much, so he doesn't know what to do for a while. He's like, what do I do now? Like, do, and then Peter shows up. He usually shows up in those stories, right? So he says, can I help you? You seem to have a problem. He said, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure what to do. Shall I just, just, just step in, like walk in? He said, it depends. Depends on what? He said, how many points do you get for what you have done with your life? He said, how many points do I need? A hundred. It shouldn't be too bad. Like, I, I lived a pretty good Christian life. You know, I was a minister. <clears throat> okay, so what do you get me? Well, I've been serving as a volunteer in a soup kitchen for homeless for 17 years. Well, Peter goes, that's good. I'll give you a point for that. A point? <laughs> wow, that's serious now. Uh, 
Well, I've been a pastor. I've, I've been doing all the pastor thing, you know, visiting sick people, you know, hospitals, burials, marrying people, encouraging them every Sunday and other things. Well, I don't know about that, Peter said. What? Well, I'll give you another point for that. A point? The guy gets nervous. And all of a sudden, he sees this other guy from his hometown that he knew not very well, but he knew him. He worked in a local coffee shop. He wasn't of anything important. He was just, you know, smile and say hi. And, and this guy approaches them, smiles, waves at Peter, and walks right through in. And this man just goes like, yeah, like, well, what did this guy done, like, to, to, to get, he said, oh, this, this guy, don't worry, he doesn't play that game. <laughs> That's a, pro, a parable for you. Please stop playing that stupid, dumb game. I'm, I'm talking to you, I'm talking to myself. Dennis, Neil, Neil, stop playing that game. People, if you, it's, it's either you believe the gospel or you're playing this game. You see, you don't need to play. You don't. If you start collecting brownie points with God, you lost. Amen. You're not going to have anything good in your life. I mean, you, it'll start well. That's the fundamental difference between the gospel and religion. Religion and the gospel always in opposition. If you read the gospels in the New Testament, you will see it's always in opposition. Here's, here's what religion does to you. Religion points you to God and then points you to the barriers and the gap and the rift and the schism. And then it tells you, it promises you to give you tools and methods to overcome this gap and to get closer to God. That's what religion... And we want that, so we bind to this crap. I'm sorry. But the gospel always starts, the starting point is different. It's not you, it's God. It says that it, the love is not in the fact that we loved God, but that He loved us. The gospel, the Christian walk and the Christian faith is always a response to what God has done. So it begins with the discovery of what He has done. He reconciled the world to Himself. It's not, He didn't even ask you. He didn't ask for your permission. He just publicly displayed his affection for you on the cross of Jesus. And he led you by his mercy to hear about it and to begin to see it. And your little tiny heart began to resonate and respond to that. That's how your Christian life began. And that's how it's to be continued. As a response to God's goodness. Nothing else. Don't play this dumb religious game anymore we need to be set free from that all right Amen. the gospel always starts with god i am going to read this this uh quote from baxter kruger that's a theologian that both neil and i like he says god the father is not interested in our religion he is not interested in what we want to do for him or in his glory he is interested in what he has accomplished in christ penetrating our souls and beginning to eat, to eat its way into our lives. He wants to see what He has already done with us in Christ. And He wants to see it begin to fill us from inside out. That is the road to reformation, renewal, and life. That is the way Christianity works.
You get the message, and the message begins to work its way through you. That's, that's how Christianity works. <clears throat> you have been accepted. The religious shop has been closed forever. Don't knock on these doors anymore, please. We need to, be, we need to pray to be fully set free from the religious spirit and stop mixing the gospel with the message of striving for acceptance. Actually, in a nutshell, that's the definition of any religion. It's striving for acceptance. So if you're still striving for acceptance, that means you're lacking the revelation of the gospel. You have been accepted. You have been accepted. 1 John, that's the passage I was going to read, 1 John 4.10. This is love, that not that we loved God. Not that we loved God. That's what the love is. Not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. The cross of Christ is the revelation of God's love for you. <clears throat> Genuine Christian love is never based on your willpower and resolution to love and obey God. It's always a response to what God has done in Christ Jesus. Everything else is a mixed message that leads to arrested development, spiritually speaking. I, I saw this t-shirt and I was really tempted to buy it, but I think being a preacher, I would be frowned upon. It said, Jesus is Lord, anything else is a bullcrap. I really wanted that t-shirt. And I, I told Neil, he said, it sounds so much like you. I said, yeah, but I think some people might not understand me. So, you, you, hey, my birthday is uh, April 5th. <laughs> Mark your calendar. <laughs> if you get me one, I'll, I'll blame you. I said, one of the parishioners gave it to me. <laughs> so... One more time, before you can move and grow, you need to be nurtured. Oh, this is so cool. This is so important. You know, before you can move in the reality of God's power and His authority, before you can experience even a little bit of being seated with Christ on the throne, you need to be nurtured as a spiritual baby. And when you see the love of Christ on the cross, it becomes an entry point into the reality and experience of who God is. And what you discover is that God is Trinity. It's so important. That was another <clears throat> doctrine of a Christian faith. I see uh, something flowing. Uh, uh, <laughs> get distracted. <laughs> that, that, listen, that is a reality of a, uh, that is a doctrine of a Christian faith that I was struggling with first years of my Christian life, Trinity. I didn't understand, like, why, why in the world they keep talking about this God being triune, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit? It's so confusing. It's so irrational. It's so uh, whatever. And everybody told me, well, if you don't believe it, you're a heretic. And you are a heretic if you don't believe it. But nobody could uh, explain to me why it's so important. But it is important because the revelation of who a Christian God is is a revelation that the first thing you hear about when you hear about God is that He's not judge, He's not king, He's not creator, He's the Father. What does it tell you? It's a relationship. It's a relationship. It's a family relationship. It's a tight, close relationship. It's insiders relationship. It's not for outsiders. It's, some, it's for somebody who truly belongs. Your acceptance is the acceptance, unanimous acceptance from the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And it is an acceptance into the circle of love that always existed. 
that never began, that will never cease. This love has never began. God is this love. That's one of the biblical definitions of who God is. God is love. Love takes more than one. And actually, love takes more than three. God wanted you to be included, and he pulled it off single-handedly through Jesus Christ. You don't get to play part in that. You get to accept it, receive it, jump into that, plunge yourself into that. That's what the baptism is. If you're not baptized, please be baptized into the death of Christ, into the resurrection of Christ, into the inclusion, into the this eternal, everlasting dance of God that we call fellowship. The, the powerful image that I find so powerful is when a little kid, girl or boy, doesn't matter, anytime he or she needs something, he or she runs to mommy and daddy's bedroom and gets right into their bed, right into between them, and reaches with both little tiny hands to both mom and dad. There's so much power and energy in that moment for all of them. For the baby, for the daddy, for mommy. And nobody can participate in that except those who are in there, in that room, on that bed. That's Trinity for you, dude. That's your inclusion and acceptance. If you have that, nothing can destroy you. Nothing can stop you. Nothing can really offend you. That determines who you are, and that cannot change. You're accepted forever into this fellowship of the Spirit. Are you getting anything? Yeah. Awesome, man, good, good. Because sometimes I feel like I'm just screaming and yelling, and like, is anything getting into? Awesome. So that's, that's a seed that you need to develop in you, that you need to develop in you so that you actually would begin to live like that. That's the best image I've found so far. So please, stop treating the gospel as your fire insurance from hell. It is not. <laughs> stop treating your Christian life like you're on, you're on probation. You're not. Grace once bestowed is not withdrawn. Remember that. Because you didn't start it. You didn't pull it off. It's not up to you whether to turn it away from you. Stop thinking you're responsible to create and maintain conditions for God's goodness and grace to operate in your life. I'll say it again. Stop thinking that you are responsible to create and maintain conditions for God's goodness to operate in your life. Let it sink. Because the condition has been met, and this is this, nothing else. This is for me personally. In light of what's going on now, stop spending time listening to condemning messages of doom and gloom. That's demonic. That's demonic. Satan loves when you get into that stuff. It takes the light and power from Christians. Stop investing your time into ministries that fill people with fear and anxiety. Stop it. Go where joy flows. The river of God makes the city of God glad. The, the core, the heart of Christian faith is the gospel. The gospel is translated as the joyful, good news. If it's not at the center of what being ministered, that's not the ministry of the New Testament. 
Your joy, your strength, your light are found in the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And this is the message of unconditional, unmerited, undeserved acceptance through Jesus Christ. The world is yet to see people so free from their ego that they can truly love others and manifest God to, to, to the world. And that's what the message of the gospel with your full and complete acceptance does to you if you let it grow in you. Okay, I'm, I'm finishing. I'm finishing. Trust me, I'm finishing. <laughs> you would say, Dennis, but what about when I sin? Yeah, what about it? <laughs> oh, that was good, crickets. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> yeah, what about when I do something stupid? Well, what about it? Well, isn't that changes God's attitude to me? No, silly. No. But I feel like God is far. Yeah, exactly. You feel like it. You know, you see, there is, a, there is a relationship to God. And there is a fellowship with God. The fellowship with God manifests itself in peace in your life and in joy. And it can increase or decrease. It can be diminished in your life. It can actually be disrupted in your life. But it doesn't change your relationship with God that is established through that thing that we, can call, the, that we call the cross. Amen. That little baby, he can enjoy mom and dad's bedroom with them right in the middle of them. Or he or she can pout in the, like on the cold tile of the uh, restroom. It's really up. doesn't change the fact that mom and dad is fully accepting him and love him. So don't be pout, pout face. <laughs> Just if you sin, if you do something stupid, that's bad. That's okay. It, it says that as soon as you confess it, you acknowledge that, oh, dad, that was stupid of me to do that. He says, that's okay, son. That's okay, son. Come to me. Oh, dad, I did it again. Do that. Like... It's real. Your relationship with, with, with Papa God, Daddy, Abba, Father is real. Holy Spirit is there to, to, you know, to, to put mercy on your heart. You know, the word mercy in New Testament comes from the same word as oil. It makes things soft. It makes your heart soft. And Jesus hugs you in that moment. Oh, you're preaching like sugary coat gospel. No, I'm preaching the gospel to you. You need to be established in that. I need to be established in that. And I'm so glad I began to see it. Years later, but I began to see it. And I want you to see it. Years later, but to begin to see it. Yeah. I, I think I said everything I wanted to say there. Okay, here's my conclusion. Simple as that. God wants you and me to have 100% confidence in your irrevocable acceptance in the beloved. It's not of you. You were not born of your own will and desire and your own efforts. It was God. He willed, he willed you. He wanted you. He wanted you. He gave birth to you. He forgave your sins. He attracted you to his son. He let your little heart to resonate and receive him. And now you're expanding from inside out. That's the gospel. Dump religious crap. Stop washing your brains and your heart with the message of the gospel. Don't spend time on this negative stuff that's going around so much. Give all of your time now to the gospel. Let it fill you to the overflow. 
and start pouring it out to other people. And don't prove anything to anyone. Just live this way. All right? Amen. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this message. For more information about our church, visit vineyardnorthridge.org or find us on social media at Vineyard Northridge.